Yeah. I'm Connor Fowler. I'm Matt Smith. Woohoo! Welcome to <laughs> welcome to another enlightening episode of A Bible Studs. Today we are joined by the peerless Laura Arnold at Reverse Sower on Instagram. Laura is a photographer, J Press creative, and easily one of the best dressed people we have had on this show. Laura, how do you do? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, you're. Uh, you, I think the the best dress thing is definitely uh, definitely a true statement. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're sure. not we're not yanking your chin, and this is a like this is a reputation that you have. So please. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're not a hostile environment in any way, shape, or form. But, you know, like, I understand it's hard to take compliments from people for a lot of people. So, yeah, we're, we're happy to have you. And uh, you you definitely outdress both Connor and myself. So, Which, yeah, at least, at least is the point of the show is to have people who are better dressed than the losers who host the show. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. Exactly. So we did just, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, Connor did send me a, his outfit earlier today, and I thought that the, that was really good. Hey, thank you. Well, you know, Matt was asleep, and so I had no one to ask. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we discussed this a little bit before, but where are you from, Laura, and where do you live now? Um, so I'm from about 15 minutes from the uh, Philadelphia border. Uh, kind of like direct if you just drew a straight line north of Philadelphia in that kind of little area and I'm about 30 like 25 to 30 minutes from center city Philadelphia there's a which I like to clarify because there are a lot of people who are like oh I'm from Philly and then they're from like two hours yeah north of it um but yeah no I grew up uh like very close to Philly in Philly um I know the city very well. And then I left and went to college at um, Fordham University in the Bronx uh, in 2016 and have kind of been here since then. Um, so now I, I feel like it, when, if people were to ask me like where I'm from now, like a stranger, I would say New York. Like I kind of identify more with New York than Philly, but I do have a soft spot for that. Yeah, totally. Totally. I mean, yeah, you put, you in, could the, put in the work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, so I I have to ask as someone that absolutely loves Philadelphia, um, what is your favorite cheese steak spot? <laughs> um, well, I I think I think back like when I actually lived like through high school and stuff, I would have said Delisandro's. Okay. But now having gone home. Um, and tried a few like places that I guess were up and coming. I feel like now they they are actually fully established. Um, but Tony Luke's is pretty good. Yo, okay. I went to Tony Luke's. That place is fucking crazy. Yeah, but I would say like that it's always like the great debate between Pat's and Gino's, and I just don't think either of them are. They're, really- they're okay. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I'm vegan now, but I have had them in the past and. They're they're fine. That would not be the thing to break edge over, though. Certainly, right? No, like, no. If you're gonna not. eat meat, that would not be the meat to eat. Yeah, no. yeah. 
I mean, they're they're like, in my opinion, they are like the tourist trap of cheesesteaks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, like industrial. Uh, they're like right. the capitalist cheesesteak. Yeah, I mean, I like the place that I always loved was a spot called Giannis. Uh, I can't remember what street it was on, but it was close to South Street, and they had like vegetarian shit. Um, and then oh, Govinda's yeah. also was pretty solid spot when I was vegetarian uh, for that. But like, yeah, Pat, Pat's and Gino's are just kind of like, yeah, they're they're cheesesteak. They're they're where everybody goes. But you know, I, I feel like the real Philadelphians that I know don't don't eat there at all. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. And I feel like I also like have a, a soft spot for um, Lee's Hoagies. Okay. They, like, they, I grew up, they were like down the street from us. So we just always got cheesesteaks from there. Um, but I feel like I, so I'm also like a fun fact is that I'm from the same town as um, Bradley Cooper. Oh. And okay. he, he does a great Philadelphian accent, um, like speaking through the Lee's Hoagie commercial. So I, I kind of I like that one the most that's, nostalgically. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> awesome. Uh, I, I have a follow up question to this: Sheets or Wawa? Oh, I like Wawa. Okay, I, solid. Yeah, solid. yeah. It's the sheets. Best, sheets. The the good thing about sheets is that all the food is made out of plastic. <laughs> <laughs> Wawa has the best tea selection of anywhere I've ever been in my entire fucking life. Yeah, like, I feel like I just feel like you can get anything at Wawa. Like, yeah, I, totally, totally. That's the one thing that I wish New York had. <laughs> yeah, uh, apparently they're in Florida now, and like I'm in Georgia, but I had no idea they'd expanded there. Like, we uh, when I was in bands, like we would always stop at Wawa when we were in like Virginia to uh, New Jersey and Philly, but it was always just the fucking best. Yeah. Also, very easy to steal from back in the day. Probably not anymore. But, <laughs> you know, you know. Uh, so, Laura, if you don't mind, uh, how old are you? Um, I am 25. Okay. Actually, now that I'm, like, thinking about my birthday, it was, I guess, my half birthday. Oh. Um, 10 days ago. So, like, 25 and a half, to be exact. Nice. Nice. Wow. Well, Congratulations and happy half birthday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same. It, it also, it's kind of rad that you're like, like that you're in New York and have been for a while and are still like, um, still in a, you know, younger compared to me and Connor type of age. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, that's an accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely like I really have appreciated being here young. <laughs> yeah totally uh, what part of new york do you live in the bronx still no now i um after graduation i moved to the east village oh hell yeah yeah where uh where in the east village like general area obviously um like why well, I, I guess technically alphabet city okay got it. um but i like kind of the border of it so just the, i would just say the east village Okay. Hell yeah. Yeah. I lived in New York for a few years and, and worked on the uh, Lower East Side. So that oh. was that, like anywhere under 14th Street was always like home to me when I was there. Yeah. So we have a little uh, 
segment, I guess. The ensemble investigation. We were going to ask you what you wore today. Yeah, so um, I feel like I feel like when I was talking to you about this earlier, and I was saying like I I personally think it's kind of like a meh outfit. Um, but I was wearing an old. I think it's like I think it was nineties. Um, uh, Lands End rugby, like a gray and burgundy stripe. Ooh, um, the rugby's on, are really coming back. Yeah, yeah. Cotter's been obsessing about getting a rugby for the past what week and a half. Shout maybe. out, shout out, Zach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I have way too many rugbies, but but that, and then I wore that over um, a Drake's like spear po- white spear point Oxford that I is too big for me. I got it for, like one of my friends was trying to get rid of them and he was like you just want these so like i'm like a 14 and a half neck and this is a 16 so ah yeah i kind of it's my it's my like wear under something shirt um and then some i don't i don't know the the exact style but like made in usa um polo chinos like olive colored and then um some white sambas and then, nice. yeah, and then I had, if you like going like the full nine yards, then I had um, a black uh, barber jacket. I forget the style, but. Nice. Solid. Well, well, reasonable, that's a reasonable outfit for any person to wear. Yeah, totally. <laughs> think, totally. Right? Yeah. I was, expecting, I was expecting a little more dressed down, I guess. Okay. Not like that's dressed up, you know, but I don't know. It's put together. Right. I guess in my mind, it's it's that's like not necessarily not that i think of everything in terms of like like if it's photo worthy but to me it was kind of like okay this is like a a solidly average outfit (laughs) well right i mean you're you're not wearing a tie you're not wearing a jacket i mean you're not wearing like a sport coat so yeah cotter and i were talking about this earlier and like that for a you know a quote-unquote dress down look is so much like better than the vast majority of people. Not that I'm judging. Like I truly don't give a shit how people look. But literally 15 talking about this. Uh, I saw someone pumping gas in a fucking onesie, like legit pajamas, <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, yeah. There, there's absolutely no way that anything someone that gives a shit about clothing. Uh, dresses, even for like a very casual day, is gonna is gonna be lower than that. Yeah, yeah, like, I would agree with that. Yeah, I understand sweatpants. Like sometimes, sometimes you're you wearing wear separate garments, separate yeah. garments, and that's good. Yeah, you're you're not wearing a onesie and Crocs, so you know, right? But yeah. it is interesting to me. I guess how like my perception has changed in terms of like what is dressed up or dressed down because like in college like I would wear to class just like a sweatshirt and like the Adidas uh soccer pants with sneakers or or sweatpants whereas like now I'm kind of like oh I would I feel very weird leaving leaving my apartment wearing sweatpants (laughs) it's what this show is about which is style evolution and giving a shit 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because when I was a young buck, when I was like 18, I wore a tie every day. I wore a tie and jacket every day for like five years. You know, I had this congressional internship, this and that. And I was like, this is how you dress if you are like a man of accomplishment. But of course, not exactly, right? And so I have come back to it in recent months, I guess, like... And it's interesting, I mean, to see it with different eyes. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I feel like it's, it's always very interesting to hear how, well, I guess one, where people are at in terms of what they consider appropriate or dressed down or casual or, or like even like what someone considers like, I guess, quote unquote, like fancy, um, depending on where they are in their understanding of of clothes generally damn that's a great that's a great question we got to add that yeah (laughs) what is casual what is casual for you are you are you actually asking no not no 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 we know it's casual for you now unless you have a different answer (laughs) unless you have a different answer which we would happily listen to but if you don't then we can move on to the next uh part yeah i would say that the answer that i had is is pretty spot on Excellent. Uh, those also just side note: those old lanes in rugby's are like, uh, if it's the one that I'm thinking of, they have such a cool tag. Also, yeah, yeah, like yeah. they're they're very. Uh, I don't know. They're they're just like a good staple of an item, and then the tag just makes it so much just cool to me. Yeah, I miss I miss good tags. Oh, same here. Same here. Uh, so it's just a lot. No, go on. No, go, go on. Go on. No, go for it, I was just gonna say it's like it's yet another thing that has fallen by the wayside. Not to be like an old cigar chomper, but like there used to truly be thought put into almost everything, and now look at almost every label looks the same. Whether and I'm and I mean that brand to brand, like almost every label looks the same. It's just text. A lot of the times, probably split half and half, serif, sans serif, but it it's a shame. It's really a terrible shame because I guess it used to it used to probably cost something too to put a nice label inside of something. Right. Yeah. Anyway, that's my <laughs> that's my input on that. <laughs> so, Laura, we saw on your uh, your Instagram uh, in our you know endless research every fucking episode um, <laughs> that you know, as a uh, photographer first. So what did come first? The camera or the clothes? Um, I mean, well, I guess they, I guess the camera. Okay. In the yeah. grand scheme of things, but they kind of developed in tandem. But also I, I think I used to have, my like the, the little tag thing on instagram as like content creator or something like that and i was kind of like well that, that i got to a point where i was kind of like that seems like i don't know maybe less professional than i want it to be not that that's not professional but i was so then i ended up changing it to photographer um but i i remember i got my first like dslr my freshman year of college and I didn't really start 
seriously getting into clothes until my junior year. So I guess in, in that sense, the camera okay. led the way. Yeah. And so how did you get your start in like the clothing industry? Um, kind of by accident. I, I always jokingly say like, I kind of like fell headfirst into everything very quickly and very unexpectedly. Um, because it kind of started my senior year of college, which was 2020. Okay. Um, oh, man. that's when, like, probably yeah, like a when weird the time to yeah. get into the clothing industry. Yeah. And I, so we, it was kind of like one of those things where with the pandemic that, uh, it was kind of like one day we were at, at school and then the next day, literally the next day we were gone. Um, and so then I was kind of like, okay, well, I need something creative to do to kind of like fill that void of wanting to make something so that's when I started um the Instagram which really kind of at first was just me putting together flat lays of outfits that I would have worn if we weren't all locked down in the middle of Pennsylvania um so and then I through that kind of accidentally fell into what I call and I guess what people like affiliated with it call like the denim and heritage goods community okay yeah. um, which was kind of my really first introduction into clothing as a community um and I like still like like right now even though I'm a bit less involved in that like that's my favorite group of people on the internet Oh, um, because they are they're all so generally speaking they're all so nice to each other and so like non-competitive um, and like genuinely there to kind of like help people that just have even like the slightest interest um, and so that's when I, I started kind of connecting with people through that and then it being my senior year in college like I at that point was working for New York state um, and was kind of pushing them to give me a full-time job after graduating, which they, they just couldn't really offer. So I was like, okay, I, I need to find something else to do. Uh, and I really like this community and the clothes that they have. So I was, so I went and was just kind of messaging around like to people who seemed like they were established um, professionally in it and I was like hey if you know of anyone looking for help uh, or anything like I I'm like graduating and I want to at that point I wanted to do like graphic design um, and I ended up connecting with this one guy who's my friend now Charles who owns um, CMB Denim and he was like yeah actually um my friend Lucas, like, like you came up on his radar, radar, and he was telling uh, he and his wife about me, and and they're like, we would love to have you do a few sketches um, for like an accessories box that we're putting together. So like, not a full time thing, but also getting some experience. So I was like, yeah, sure. Um, and then I did that project, and then from there, developed a very. Uh, like good friendship with Lucas Fitzpatrick um, 
who is very kind of like well connected in that community. He does a lot of communications and uh, like brand consulting. And sure. and I he was kind of like, oh yeah, like that like kind of opened the floodgates in terms of meeting people for me. Where he was like, Yeah, like do you know this guy or like like this person doing this? Like you should talk to like X, Y, and Z. Um and then I ended up on a panel for like women in like heritage goods and denim. And that's where I met even more people. And then eventually, mm-hmm. like through all of those people, I ended up at um, Upstate Stock in Brooklyn, which makes uh, like they're not really like a fashion brand, but they make knitwear like hats, gloves, scarves, things like that. And sure. and I ended up doing all of the marketing, branding, uh, website building, photography, like graphic design stuff for them, and. Also, kind of around that time, I not that I moved on from the denim world, but I initially, like my first love, like how I've kind of talked about briefly, like on my blog and like Instagram and stuff, was tweed. Sure, <laughs> yeah. And I was kind of like, okay, like this denim stuff is great, like like all of like the leather and and everything, but I still just love wool, and that that mm. doesn't really that's that's kind of overlooked among those people so then I kind of took a step back and was like like okay well I really love like vintage stuff um and at that point and still to like to this day my favorite era is like the 20s and 30s but I kind of started branching out um like wanting to be more knowledgeable about vintage which after talking to a few um like good friends in the industry and stuff they're like really like the way that you learn is like by being around it like they're like there's there are very minimal resources that you can kind of read and stuff but you just have to like immerse yourself so i was like um and then at some point in that i found ivy style and um because one of my uh, friends like recommended their facebook group as a resource of like this is a pretty built out community of people that talk about vintage so i was like okay and i was kind of skeptical about it um because i was like i had the perception of like oh it's just going to be a ton of like old curmudgeonly white men who who just kind of like sit around and talk about the old days um and so i joined and then kind of like lurked for a while and saw that it, a, a lot of it was people kind of like posting like their outfit of the days and things like that. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna take a stab at this and just see what feedback I get. And I remember like the outfit that I posted by my standards today was really not great. <laughs> um, I think I was wearing like Cole Haan Oxfords with like a, a burnished toe and like gray flannels. So like that, I got that correct. And then a, a pretty long, um, like, navy jacket. It wasn't a blazer, but, like, a jacket. And a very, yeah. very thick tie um, with an Oxford shirt. And, I, and now looking back, I'm very surprised by the uh, few negative comments that I got or, or criticism criticisms that I got from that outfit with knowing that crowd now but um 
at the time are like, people I, commenting are people commenting yeah yeah jesus but so so people like post their outfits and then everybody is either kind of like oh like this is great or they'll be like this isn't this isn't ivy um yeah and so all these like old guys were then like this is great this is like the best thing i've ever seen but like you should adjust this and this and this and so i was so i was kind of like oh okay and then i kind of started viewing the style as more of a puzzle of kind of like okay like well what what exactly does this style look like? Um, because I think that that's still something that a lot of people, not to, not to sound very judgmental, but a lot of people get wrong, is that just because something fits within like the, the itemized list of what makes an Ivy wardrobe, when you put it all together, it could look completely off. Oh, totally, totally. So, uh, so then I kind of made it my mission of the being uh, still kind of like recovering from the pandemic and figuring out what I wanted to do of like, okay, this is going to be like a fun little side quest of actually like perfecting this look. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it kind of went from there. And that's when through that Facebook group, um, John Burton, who runs the Ivy style, uh, well now owns the Ivy style um, blog. He was the moderator and he ended up messaging me through Facebook and saying, like, hey, I, I'm kind of friends with the chief merchandising officer at J-Press, and he asked if I could connect you to, like, just so you guys can, like, hop on a call. And I was like, oh, like, that would be interesting. Um, so I said yes, and that's how I met Robert Scalero, who's now my boss. Oh, and, Robert! Yeah. I, I know him very well. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 And then I, I was like, so then it kind of snowballed from there where he was like, well, what do you do? And I was like, uh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then it, it kind of, it, the rest is like kind of history, I guess. Like he was like, well, you're seem very interested in the style, which a lot, of, it's hard to find people young and wanting to actually work in the industry now. And so uh, it took a few months, but then he got me an offer letter and then I left upstate stock and went there. And then now I've been there for almost a year. (laughs) Robert is hands down one of my favorite people that I've ever met in the clothing industry. Uh, I I worked for a brand that was based in New York called Epilet. They're based in LA now. Um, Robert was basically, uh, we use Southwick for Taylor clothing back in the day. And like, Robert is, is just like the coolest motherfucker that <laughs> I could imagine. And like, so old school New York. And, and so like, like one of the only old school guys that actually gets it. So yeah. like that, that's fucking awesome that, that he, uh, you know, took it, took a chance and like helped you out in that way. That's fucking rad. Yeah, here that's something that I always have a lot of respect and credit him with um, is that he he like really took a chance like because he was basically kind of like okay well like if you love clothes I'm gonna have you come on as a merchandising assistant and I was like okay I have absolutely no experience in that but I'll try my best um, and then it just kind of evolved from that 
now it's to the point where I, I really have very little involvement in the merchandising. Right. Well, hey, you're the creative voice behind the the shit, so that's kind of rad. Yeah. Yeah. It, does J Press still have like the store on Madison Ave? Um. Not well. So not the the heritage store. We like within the the business, we kind of refer to what is like J Press J Press as heritage, and then we have right. the, the pennant label. And that's how, kind of how we differentiate between them. So we don't have a heritage store on Madison. It's on uh, 44th, right next to Grand Central and the Yale Club. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, but we do, we have, we are opening on, uh, I think March 1st, um, a pennant label store on Madison at like around 58th, I think. Okay, yeah, that's cool. I, I thought the original one, had closed like a few, a few years ago so i'm glad yeah. that they're still you know still trying to to do the thing in a physical way yeah yeah actually it's it's funny a lot of the customers that we get that come into um the uh, yale club store are always kind of like oh i thought you guys disappeared because i remember the madison store right right and then one day that was gone so yeah it's it's changed a lot in the past decade up that way yeah yeah it's it's kind of funny now like the um the old brooks brothers location uh, i yeah. always say it kind of looks like it's become an old folks home when you look right. inside because it's a cafe but it's like the space is way too large just to be a little cafe right yeah because the, the old brooks shop was like four floors five floors something like that yeah like it was huge and it was such a like sad moment when I heard that that closed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I wanted to ask about your the style of your photos, which I guess sort of were were the beginning, right? Um, we see them in your fit pics. We see them in your portfolio. I was curious what sort of location scouting you're doing. Uh, do you have time of day you like? Um, well, I always kind of say that, like, my – the photography that I actually shoot is not, always, is not really reflected by my Instagram because I'm not the one taking those photos. Um, sure. I kind of like my girlfriend and I have kind of like gotten down a, a system by this point where it's. Kind oh, of like, I see. I thought it was a <laughs> always helpful to have like an yeah. assistant to do this. Yeah. yeah. Well, I always feel bad because then I'm like, I promise it'll take ten minutes, or like I'll I'll be like, she'll take a few, and I'll be like, oh, like can you take like one more? And then it's like, yeah, and then and then I'll come back and be like, oh, okay, like one more actually, and she's like, it's an, it's never just one more. Right. Um, right. But she, so like we've we've done it so often now that it it really only takes like ten minutes, and I because of that like and I and I don't want to um, like abuse her time. I it's it's become very uh, like almost like a template. Like it's like I I look in the same direction. Every yes, time. no, that's that, what I noticed. I was like, yeah. yeah, I mean. So you come up with these things through trial and error, right? Like I'm experiencing this now that I'm finally using my fucking tripod that I have had. Matt suggested, just go outside, go outside, go outside. I have a 
porch, which is covered. I have a backyard, which is not covered. The backyard, I didn't even consider. It right. didn't occur to me. It didn't occur to me at all. And now it's like, oh, how fucking easy is this? Right. Right. It's like, I if I if I really wanted to, everything would look different and I and and in a perfect world I I would have it do that. But also like I am very conscious of that like the, like Emily, my girlfriend, like that this isn't exactly like what she wants to be doing on like a Saturday is to, is spending an hour trying to get a different photo. But so, but that's how you know that she is a good person because she doesn't yeah. fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, but but so it's it has become it's really uh, I always say that it it emphasize that it really is just kind of like an, an archive of outfits and less so a photography account yeah but- totally. yeah yeah because like i am not a photographer by any stretch of the word but like i i want my photos to look decent at the very least but what i am taking down with the fit pics is like how i was feeling that morning like what was going on yeah yeah. It's a diary. It's a visual diary. Right. And I always try to it's also something where like to me because I've gotten to the point now so in the winter when it gets dark early and I can't like I I miss out on the daylight after work. Um I really only take like two to three outfit photos a week. Um and so it's and I and I always try to kind of like view the Instagram as something that I just continuously want to enjoy as opposed to feeling like I have to do it. Um, so like it's something where even if it's a Saturday, like family and I are going for like a, a long walk, if I just feel that stopping to take a photo would not ruin that, but like take away from that i i'm always kind of like you know what no i don't need this right now so i i try to kind of update it at least two times a week but at the same time i i like that it's a very casual thing and not something that i have to put a lot of effort into so i that's why i I kind of have decided not to take it in the very photogenic photography route i mean you say not very photogenic, but it looks fucking sick. And oh, like, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it truly, is, it truly it, is very good. Yeah, like, it, it's as someone that for a long time took a lot of fucking outfit of the day photos for various internet things, like, it's it's nice that you can uh, that you can parse it out. That it's something that you enjoy, but it's not something you feel compelled to always do. And yeah, I mean, it it comes off like in a very aesthetically pleasing way. So you know, like the fact that the fact that you just kind of do it as you see fit, and it you know it is fun for you. That like that's rad because it also looks great. Right. Yeah. 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 I just like, isn't that old adage like you're supposed to put on the clothes and then forget you were wearing them or whatever? Right. Like that's what's going on. It looks like obviously effort has been put into the photos, but it doesn't look like 
you know, it doesn't look try hard. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of like the goal that I want out of it too, because I, I also try to keep in mind where it's like, I, I don't like dressing for a photo. It's kind of like, okay, if I'm wearing a good outfit that I really like, I'll take a photo of it. But right, I don't right. want to be hyper fixated on like, well, this, like, this should be an outfit that gets photographed. Right. Um, it, it's a very natural just extension of how you're feeling on whatever day that you take a photo. Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder if I'll be able to sustain it every day. <laughs> I guess yeah. we'll see. Good, good luck. Good luck. Uh, so you kind of touched on this a little bit, um, but, you know, you seem like a pretty confident user of the internet and, and marketing, which I guess speaks to your background on doing things. Um, but but uh, kind of what were your early experiences with like internet clothing subculture, for lack of a better word? Like the before the um, before the Facebook page, like had you paid any mind to that whatsoever, or was that kind of like your your introduction into the whole thing? Um, in terms of clothing specifically, I never really delved into anything before that Facebook page, and to, and honestly, like even afterwards, like some of my very close friends now in the the classic menswear scene are have very strong like connections to like MFA right um, or like style forum and stuff like that and i remember hearing about that and being like like what is that um when for them like a lot of their career interest was built off of those those things um so now i'm i'm i did recently make a reddit account and have been kind of like lurking on MFA and like Navy blazer and stuff. I, mm. I, I will admit that I do. I like to lurk in a lot of places. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Lurking is mostly, always the best. Yeah. And to be quite honest, a lot of it is mostly just to see like what people are saying about J press and, and, and it's for work. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, but also just to see like how people are using it and like what people are saying about, current like industry trends or or things like that i might know a, a different side of um but really like i i was influenced very little by menswear communities um but then in generally the internet and internet culture like i was a very big tumblr user through high school um and i like it didn't really have a theme but i eventually kind of like culminated in like 30 something thousand followers and that's when i was like oh maybe i'm pretty good at this oh hell <laughs> um, yeah yeah <laughs> and and i i kind of always was a little obsessed with um like the idea of building a brand whether that's like as a person or a, a an actual brand online um and so, like, similar to, like, photography and clothes and stuff, like, I've always been fascinated by, well, what now is kind of, like, social commerce and how that works and, like, what 
like not how to beat the algorithm but like like what even is the algorithm and right. like how can how much lever like can you leverage uh like an image and on instagram or different platforms and see how it does so like with my own instagram it's it's both like i enjoy it from the the clothes aspect and kind of posting that but also using it really as a uh like experiment and seeing like okay well this this does work uh like these tags work this time like this schedule of posting works and right. like what does that say and how can i take that information and kind of like apply it to jpress um so it's all kind of like trial and error and experimentation and that's kind of how i view the internet and internet culture which i like to think is healthy <laughs> um as opposed to being obsessed with numbers and things like that right right yeah it's a it's a little bit more um humanitarian isn't the right word but like humanist maybe to to kind of like view it from the standpoint of like i'm not solely trying to do x number like i'm i'm trying to figure out why people like certain things right like it's a little sociological in in ways yeah and it always surprises me like that the outfits that i personally think like how is it like what you discussed about like the rugby shirt and stuff like how i i kind of think that that's kind of maybe not the most interesting thing like i'll i'll post that and that will will blow up as opposed to an outfit that i like personally think is way better and not doing worse and and i like to kind of like think like well like why did that do that <laughs> Right. No, it, right. it's it's funny, like, when I, because I take a picture of my shit every day, right? But when I think it's a good one, like, a lot of people do not. And then when I think it's, like, fine, a lot of people like it, you know? To the extent that there are a lot of people who see the outfits that I post. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting. It is a little experiment. It's like a social media experiment every day. Yeah. So we talked about Ivy Style. Uh, I was going to ask, one of the things that stands out to me about Ivy Style is the little tweaks and affectations. Uh, the go-to-hell attitude, the socks, the Nantucket Reds, all of this stuff that people did, I guess, to stand out, right? From a million other blazers, a million other navy blazers, khakis, what have you. So I was wondering what your, I don't know, what you thought about that kind of things that you have adopted over the years, uh, safety pin in the tie, this sort of stuff. Um, hmm. Well, I, to be quite honest, I'm not a huge, like, so the, the go to hell stuff, like, especially like, like critter pants or like bright pastels and things like that. I am personally am not a huge fan of, at least at, at this current moment. Like I, mm -hmm. I definitely gravitate towards very muted things. Even when I, even like when I think that it's something colorful and then I see it in a full outfit and I'm like, Oh, this is still just very muted. Um, so like the go to hell stuff, I, 
I'm starting to get more into in terms of like bright colors in some like in some form or another, specifically like socks. Um and maybe even like with ties. But I, I personally always like a good club collar with uh the safety pin. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I really love that. I always think that it just has to be very subtle. Like I think it goes back to that kind of like just wanting to exist in the clothes not necessarily like doing it to look photogenic or like stand out or something because then it it ends up looking like gaudy right yeah yeah and I think that's where a lot of people uh either like make it or break it where like with Sprezzatura the whole point of it is that you're not trying and I, I think I think when people try to try to do it, then you just fail. Like it's it's kind of like you just have to like not notice it. Which like I I did the like the other day. Like I washed an Oxford shirt and the buttons came undone, and then I just put it on to go to work, and then realized halfway through the day that the buttons were undone. And I was like, oh, like that probably looked pretty cool because <laughs> I didn't think about it. Yeah. Um, right. And I think that there's also kind of like a. There are a lot of like misconceptions surrounding Ivy and like the and canonically like what actually was common because so much of the photos that exist were all cherry picked. And so if, even things with affectations like like yes it it was captured in a moment but I mean depending on the photo I'm sure that the the person wearing it was unaware that like the the collar was unbuttoned or that their tie tail was longer than like the front blade and things like that um and that's what makes it look cool so not that i think or suggest kind of like staying away from those small affectations um is better but it's it it loses the magic when you're aware of it yeah there's definitely ways to 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 like pick up on certain things and they feel natural to you, but there's also like, you know, a thousand other motherfuckers that are trying to do the same thing to stand out and, and make it a thing. And it's right. like, yeah, that's not really what the origins would, would really be like, personally, I don't, I, if I'm wearing a shirt and jacket, I don't button my, my sleeve cuffs because it's uncomfortable. To me. That's just yeah. something I've done forever. And it's like, yo, you know, yeah, there's, there's certain things that you can adopt and that you pick up over time, but it's not a, it's not like you're trying to be Alan fucking Flusser. Right. And it's also, I I think really like the, the quote unquote best um, affectations and, or like small details really come from either com- like trying to achieve comfort or out of necessity. Oh, like, absolutely. Even something that I do, like how I've said, how I said previously that I have all of these shirts from my friend who is like two sizes larger than me. The, the I can almost never get the sleeve length right on anything. So even with some of the shirts that are just like way too long, I'll, <laughs> I'll just take the cuff and flip it back and then button it. So it, it, if I were to take like my jacket off, like you would see that it's 
kind of wonky. Right. Yeah, right. it looks like a little. It looks like a little French cup, though. I've done. I've done that before. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like that, the ones that I kind of gravitate toward, like the kind of standard ones, are like the the collar pin, um, kind of like bright colored socks. Uh, mostly those those two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like you, you obviously. Um, don't put a, a shitload of thought into it, but you like these things and you've kind of like worked them into your, uh, your clothing regimen. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it's always funny to me too, like what, what exactly I always come back to because right. I have so many now bright colored socks, but yet I always choose like the blue and I, and I still, I've had like yellow socks for, over a year and I've only worn them once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got to break them out. Yeah. It, it's all about trial and error and just like figuring out what, you know, what you like and some things that you think you like, you like yellow socks, you end up just not giving a shit about. Yeah. Granted, I also understand that a lot of people like don't have one the money to the interest in buying a ton of socks just to see that only one works <laughs> right yeah true, true yeah true <laughs> i'm a big fan of like all cotton white athletic socks so that's that's where i where i usually go yeah uh, so you kind of you know you kind of belong to a part of a subculture within like tailored clothing right like you're you're not the, no offense the the most traditional kind of person that works in the industry at least from my experience um how like how have you navigated that as being uh someone that that obviously has a passion for this but is not your you know everyday Joe Schmo that you run into yeah so the the one question that I constantly kind of am asked, whether it's in an interview or if like it's DM'd uh, or just in conversation, is like, like so, like what's a, like, like explain being like a woman in menswear, right? Which um, which there never... are a lot of um, yeah. In my experience, oh. they're just not always as forward facing as you are. Yeah, and I and I. Sometimes I lately I've been not taking issue with that kind of like terminology, I guess. Right. But but I do identify as non-binary. And so yeah. I yeah. And there's a very different um experience from that and the way that I present myself versus someone who is a very feminine. Um right. and so it is unique um like i had a conversation with one of my coworkers last week i think like where she is very feminine um and kind of comparing both of our experiences as just generally like a non-man in the industry but also then the differences between my experience as someone masculine um and hers as very feminine and both of them kind of have their similarities and differences that I think make them very unique experiences and is a reason why I don't 
really like to comment on what it is like being like a woman in menswear because I truly don't have a lot of those experiences that define that um but as someone who is non-binary in classic menswear it can it it's definitely been interesting because you kind of fall at least for someone like me who is traditionally like a bit more masculine feminine um between being not like quote unquote not a woman but also not being like one of the guys right um which is a very odd place to be because it's it's almost kind of like cherry picked what you're in, you are included in culturally um even down to like just my peers in the industry uh and, and some of like the conversations they have or if it's like like a um an event and it's kind of like oh like like all like let's all like get like a bro pick and it's and I'm usually not included in that and I don't see any kind of malice in that, but there are still a lot of um, kind of blind biases that people have. Right. Um, that even if you are the most, or what you feel is kind of like the like quote like wokest person, like they're just it's just societal. So it's it just exists. Um, exactly. And I like to kind of point out occasionally, like just in conversation with like people that I'm a bit closer to, like if they say or do something where I'm like, well, that's not really like not appropriate, but, but I, I, this is my perception of that. And then they're, they're always kind of like, oh, I would have never thought about it from that point of view. Like even something as simple as like, speaking of Robert, not specifically like Robert Scalera, but like the, his um like the menswear industry that he grew up in and the type of people that kind of existed in the industry then like I was talking to um one of my other like colleagues kind of around the same age who has also been in the industry for a very long time and um and he was like yeah I mean like there there were always a lot of straight men a lot of gay men uh like a lot of like various like diverse uh like ethnicities and stuff he's like but like i really can't remember anybody who was either like a lesbian or a non-binary person um in the industry and so i i think that it's really uh a new phenomenon for people to be involved in the industry that aren't just traditionally a man um and I think that people are really open to that. But like I said, there are there are a lot of kind of hidden biases that come out. Oh, totally. Um, totally. I, I also identify I'm as them being... And like, it's it's one of those things that like, I don't know, uh, for, for people at a certain age, um, the worst back in the day. And so like, the fact that, the fact that you're thriving uh, as someone of that identity in the modern day is kind of amazing yeah honestly me too <laughs> i yeah, i always yeah. kind of it, and it's always talking to people like one like i i i'm very bad at taking compliments but two like 
talking to people who are like oh like you like you're such an inspiration and I'm kind of like am I like I was like I I'm just existing which but I guess that is inspiring <laughs> yeah but it but it's also it is also kind of like interesting too um like I I do have somewhat of a background in like queer theory and things like that just in the in the industry as a whole uh and the way that menswear and womenswear is kind of like seeping into or or kind of becoming inching closer and closer to each other where right. for a long time like what was considered unisex clothing or like androgynous is really just boxy traditionally men's cuts of things like ugly shit so ugly the stuff is so so ugly yeah and you and you wouldn't see like a skirt in that yeah. And, and it's like, well, why not? Because it's just a piece of clothing. Like, why does androgyny and, and unisex have to really primarily just reflect men and menswear as opposed to, like, femininity? Um, and so, like, st stuff like that. Or even things like, like, again, going back to that whole my weird kind of, like, relationship with, like, like being a woman in menswear, it, it's kind of, like, and again, like a lot of this is is never really intended to be harmful. It's just an unconscious bias. But people referring to me as like the best dressed woman in menswear, and it's kind of like, all right, maybe well, that's like, shitty. Right? Why can't I be the the best dressed person in menswear? Yeah, right, I, right. It's really not fucking difficult. And so, yeah, and it, and it does. It's kind. Of, it kind of unconsciously puts people into boxes. Um. Because right. then it's like, okay, well, is is my limit of success just reaching that threshold of like the best dressed woman in menswear? When uh, there's more beyond that, breach the glass ceiling. Yeah. So that and that's just those are just kind of two examples of many that I that I've seen. Um, of course. With anything, you know, in the modern modern age, too, yes, it's gonna get past this stupid point that we're somehow stuck in. Um, and you know, you're like, hopefully, people in or stop stop doing that shit. Like, yeah, you're making a name and, and also as yourself. Right. And also the kind of the expectation of what uh, someone in the industry looks like, like how I was saying, like my my one colleague and I were kind of comparing our two experiences. And this is this is something that I, I'm not going to say like would never because anything's possible. But like we, we, there's a very slim chance that this would happen to me, even though I'm also like not a man. But she was at an event and someone came up to her and then they were they're like, Oh, like are you someone's girlfriend? And and she's like, No, like I, I'm in I work in the industry. And so it's just right. like those again, like unconscious ass assumptions that just because it's like you're a woman and you're here that you're not involved. Right, right. Because you would never ask that question. Like yeah. you you would never um, you know, like there, there are plenty of women and, and non-men that have designed menswear over the years. Like, you would never go up to a dude at a Ralph Lauren party and be like, 
oh, so, like, what are you doing here? They're putting do on women's wear collections. Like, like, can't we just get past yeah. this shit? Yeah, and I think it's always those those un- unconscious like assumptions, and no, oh, which totally. which totally. because because being someone again like who's like a not uh not a man in menswear like it's it it is kind of always a battle of proving yourself until you get to a point where like you're someone like emily Bodie where you're very identifiable and and people know who you are as opposed to someone like if you if like a, a a guy who's like an assistant merchant at like todd shows up to an event people are just gonna automatically assume that you work there and kind of engage with you as opposed yeah. to being like a woman and, and then having to kind of really push to be noticed. Man, that, that was a very so, uh, enlightening discussion about being a non-man in the clothing industry. So I thank you. <laughs> yeah. I, I enjoy talking about that and I, Kind oh, of totally, rarely totally. do. Yeah, yeah, that was one thing that, that we like... wanted to be sure you had a space for. Um... Yeah, on, we're, we're, you know, we're we're just people that love clothes and I don't give a shit what anyone's gender or anything is, as long as they like clothes and they're they're cool, you know, like that's kind of. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of how we about the French things, and how I wish we that... have no barrier, no barrier to entry. Right, no, and that's hell. kind of how it should be. Absolutely. So. so to kind of wrap up, we have a series of questions about stuff, your stuff. So I was going to ask you for my own sort of reserves. Do you have any eBay search alerts set up? Uh, do you have a white whale you are constantly seeking? Um, so again, going back to the, going back to that, I'm, I'm maybe not the kind of like archetype of someone who's an enthusiast in menswear. I have no search alerts set up. I kind of, I, I always say I like to like window shop on eBay. That's the Um, most fun. Yeah, where I kind of, I don't have search alerts set up, to be quite honest, because it might be just because I'm too lazy to take that extra step. But there are are like a few, like, like I always kind of go in and and I'll search like 1950s small and then see what pops up or like, like vintage polo. That's a, that's a big one. The best things come from like the most generic of searches because like you find something that someone else has not seen yet because the, the listing description is absolutely terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they're just like, holy shit. Like this is, this is something that I love and no one has bought it for the month that it's been listed. Right. However, like I, me and my like ADHD and like filling the void with clothes. I, I always end up, I'm always like, Oh, like this is, something like that nobody's found like i'm gonna i'm gonna buy it just because they haven't found it yet which is not the way to go about building a wardrobe and that is also how you get stuck in a very small square footage apartment 
with yeah. clothes in every corner, yeah. like me. But um, a wonderful but New York terms, experience. Yeah, but in terms of like a, a white whale item, like I, I am always, I always, it, it, I guess it's kind of a love hate relationship. Like I've always wanted like a '30s belt back jacket. However, mm-hmm. then I. I, I did recently find one that was pretty much like perfect, and then I was like, "Do I like? Do I actually need this?" <laughs> right, um, right. So I I feel like I there I feel like I'm constantly kind of like creating white whales mm-hmm. to, kind of, to just to give me something to search for. Um, interesting. Yeah, it's the yeah. hunt. It really is. It's like you're searching and searching and searching. You're it's an, it's in brain chemicals too. You know, Matt Matt is subject to my like manic searching. <sighs> it's so invigorating. Yes, but that that's also like like my friend and colleague Nick and I were kind of talking. Sure, sure. And, I met and, him. Yeah, yeah. I, he's great, and he we were yeah, both discussing like how many shirts we think we own. And oh, that was in the Discord. I asked that question in the in the sad Discord. Oh, well then. So then I I was like, I don't want to be. Both of us were kind of sitting there, and we were both kind of like, I don't want to even be thinking about this question because I, he he, I I was I was kind of like betting that we have about the same. He thinks that he has more, but I think personally, I have to have like, like combining T-shirts and like sport shirt like button down shirts i probably have to have like 200 oh wow. my god no way see because yeah. ethan wong said he had 65 oh that kind of surprises me me fucking too and there's this dude on the chat who has like 60 some i have about that many i mean not all of mine are like are like nice you know but they're here and i have called the ones that were unpleasant to me but I think it's a very valid question because it's like shirts probably people have have the most of. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and it, like, like, and that's not even me exaggerating. I'm sure, like Emily, my girlfriend would probably even say say that I have even more because it's, it's even it like I've been trying to kind of like sell off stuff, and I probably sold maybe like. 15 20 things over the weekend and it's just it hasn't made any difference <laughs> yeah 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 so, Su- such is the life for a connoisseur a clothes <laughs> horse yeah a clothes horse yes yes so uh laura what what is your favorite and or oldest piece that you have um well, i think the the oldest that i have is probably, I guess maybe this like a this one sweater that's from like the turn of the century. Like oh a, wow, yeah, a shawl collar pullover, um, not cardigan. I wish I yeah you know, white whale. I wish I had a like a a, nine, a good like nineteen twenties shawl collar cardigan. Okay, I'm gonna oh, have to remember that. Yeah, but that's probably the the old at least the of what i know the date to be the oldest right right um i don't think i have actually i think i actually have it like an edwardian like tuxedo uh vest like but it's just like it's missing the rest of the tuxedo 
right, right. And I just kind of acquired it through someone, someone like ha- half the things that I own are just things that I've, that have been given to me. <laughs> of course, of course. But um, yeah, that's definitely the oldest. Okay. And, and what about favorite? Uh, if you can name it. I know it's well, I was going to say, I feel like I I always kind of view like there's a difference between like favorite and then most worn thing. Oh, totally. totally. Yeah, I, absolutely. I think my favorite thing that I have. Actually, I know what it is. It's it's um, and it's a recent thing. It's my fox flannel uh, two piece suit that I got Ooh. for free um, from J-Press. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the only thing, like, my room is a total, like, or, like, where I keep all my clothes, like, a total disaster. And that's the one thing I, I like, that's on the singular wooden hanger that I have that <laughs> that I'm, like, the, the shoulders on this can't get messed up. And then it's right. just, like, hanging on the closet so that nothing bad ever happens to it. Yeah. <laughs> Respect. Respect. Yeah, I, I have also yeah. never been one to really organize my shit as much as I should. So... I yeah. just put my final thing onto a wooden hanger, so it just, uh, I don't know. I don't know why the fuck I do the things that I do. I don't have anything really that needs to be on a wooden hanger. I mean, obviously, the tailored stuff should not be on plastic hangers in general. Hey, man, as long as you're not using wire hangers for shit, then I yeah. think you're. it's acceptable. I feel like yeah. I also, I think everything should, in a perfect world, everything should be on a wooden hanger. Right, right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's just this, not, this not, it's just really not plastic. Uh, well, Laura, this has been a, a really fun conversation, and thank you for coming on. Um, we always like to give our guests a chance to shout out something. So this is yours. Have at it. Oh, like anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're we we set your Instagram account in the in, or Connor set it in the intro, but you know whatever you want to shout out, you're you're good to go. Oh, I didn't. I, oh, now I'm like. No, like, no, no, no! It's okay. Yeah, no like, pressure. No pressure. We're just yeah. you know, we're just letting oh. you promote whatever you want to promote yourself. Something else. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Well, I, I guess if I, a... I was gonna say, I yeah. guess if I want to use this as like maybe like a mild self-promotion but also like constantly thinking of j press we are there is a pretty fun photo shoot that i have now put together and like campaign um that i'm shooting in like the next couple of weeks that i think is very different from what we have done in the past um and so i would say be on the lookout for that because i'm hoping that that gets some notice (laughs) hell yeah hell yeah we will well we'll we'll certainly promote it on our fledgling instagram uh Mm. and yeah that's that's rad and what's your uh what's your instagram handle again just in case people uh, see your phenomenal fit pic it's at reaper sower awesome awesome which is a great one which is truly a great one i mean yeah my girlfriend was like that's probably a religious person (laughs) <laughs> well it's really funny because i as it so many people are like oh like w- like where'd that come from or like why that and i'm like honestly it was kind of a complete accident <laughs> yeah, like, I, was, I was kind of like I, in college like i really 
someday want to have my own brand and maybe jumped the gun a little bit in college of like trademarking Reaper and Company. And because that's honestly, a good one. honestly, just because I really love Halloween and I was like, okay, that's totally reminiscent of that. And then the sewer part kind of came in because I, I was like, okay, from like keeping things cohesive, like if I, if I were to have a blog, like what would I name it where it still somewhat makes sense with Reaper and company? So right. I, was like, I was like, well, Reaper and sewer go together. Dude, so then, that, that's a solid handle. Yeah, I will give really you that. Is. Yeah, it is very funny though now to me of people identifying me as my handle and not my name. Right. Yeah, comes with the territory. Yeah. The yeah. life of an internet celebrity. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> well, Laura, thank you again. Um, everyone, keep an eye out for the JFRS campaign. It's going to be sick. I am sure, and much better than the uh, York Street shit that they did in like 2013. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Uh, that's a that's an entirely different conversation. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, everyone, thank you for listening. Uh, we're at Apocalypse Studs on Instagram, uh, Apocalypse Studs at Gmail, which thankfully we finally got in a message. We got a couple. We got We've a gotten couple a couple of emails. Of emails so yes. I, will, I will retire this stupid. Rejoice. Episode. Yeah. Um, I'm Matt Smith at Rebels Rogues. And I'm Connor Fowler at Connor Fowler with one and N. And yeah, thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you soon. <laughs>